y'all. This is your girl, Miss Yak, with another episode of Girl Talk with Miss Yak. And I have a special guest tonight. I have Coach Edwards is going to be online with us to talk about mental health. Now, I don't know about y'all, but if y'all saw my post last week, I had on my hashtag mental health shirt. Uh, so maybe he can touch base with us and enlighten us on the issue of mental health. Hello, welcome. Coach Edwards. How you doing, Miss Jack? I am lovely, lovely, lovely. Now, I first before we get started, I want to point out that you are actually the first male that I've had on my show. Oh, okay. Well, I am definitely honored. Um, (laughs) I'm not sure what I owe this honor and privilege to, but thank you so much. (laughs) Of course, of course. Well, I mean, I did have some people tell me, they were like, well, if you have a guy on your show, then it's not girl talk anymore. And I said, well, no, I, I beg to differ because the subject that we're talking about doesn't it doesn't discriminate against sex sexes. So it doesn't differentiate between male and female and whatnot. You know, mental health affects everybody. Absolutely. So, you know, my show is, you know, for, for women uh, and women issues and mental health is a women's issue, just like it is a man's issue. Absolutely. I, I would venture as far as to say that women typically. Well, let me not cast aspersions or make any sweeping generalizations. But in my experience, I've seen that women um, tend to take better care and concern for their mental health than men. Um, So, um, but I I respect the fact that this is a woman's platform and I will tread lightly and accordingly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we go any further, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the viewers? So I go by Coach Edwards, and um, I'm a mental health therapist, uh, but if we get the opportunity, I'd like to kind of expound a little bit more on my hypnotherapy practice. I think that's a little more, um, that adds a little more spice and flavor to the conversation. But um, as you said, mental health is, um, is a big issue nowadays. As a therapist, just as a regular psychotherapist, I see a lot of clients um, dealing with a lot of anxiety and stuff like that because COVID really has made everyone more aware of their mortality. And because we don't really understand how all of this works and how it's going to affect us all, almost every little thing that we do, we kind of almost unconsciously consider it to be some steps towards life and death decisions. And so Dealing with so much anxiety, it's important to be able to bring things back into focus and to have a better understanding and a better perspective on how to deal with mental health issues. Oh, most definitely. And I think that actually your hypnotherapy practice is what kind of intrigued me, you know, because mental health is a big issue. And like mm-hmm. I was saying earlier, I actually made myself a hashtag mental health shirt. So it says hashtag mental health and up under it says period with a T at the end of it. <laughs> Period. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I actually wore that last week at uh, my son's football game. And um, there were these kids sitting back at me and I kept getting kicked in the in the back and in, in the, my butt and whatnot. And so I took a picture and posted on Facebook. I said, obviously these kids haven't read my shirt. Kick me in the back one more time. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but, you know, on a, you know, a more serious note, I mean, Mental health is definitely a serious issue. I know I have even, you know, in my younger days, I struggled with depression and I had suicidal thoughts. I have I have no friends who have gone through that as well. 
Um, and actually, my second um, my second ex husband, uh, he was an well is an alcoholic. So dealing <clears throat> diving through the the backstory behind what you know started that that journey for him, you know, is all leads back to depression and you know uh, things not turning out the way that you want it to be and not knowing how to deal with it. But what you know really intrigued me about you was you know. Okay, so you got the whole mental health thing going on. And my bachelor's is in psychology. So mental health has always been something of interest to me. Uh, but I was like, wait a minute. How we got a, a black guy hypnotizing folks? Black folks don't like to be hypnotized. Well, I, I beg to differ. Um, I beg to differ because, listen, let me, let me kind of give a little more... Um, perspective to what hypnosis is. So okay. the way I help people understand hypnosis is, I say hypnosis is, um, I guess, synonymous with the term trance. So we, believe it or not, experience trance about 80% of our day. We're going in and out of trance. So when you think about trance, like what is a trance? Well, something simple is kind of like daydreaming, right? Mm -hmm. That's a light trance. Now, what hypnosis does is it takes the trance phenomenon and it expands it so that it gets a workable state of um, mental focus that will allow us to be able to access the part of the mind that is more suitable for creating changes. So, like, if you were to do um, a search, let's just say a Google search, and you say, Okay, what brainwave frequency is suitable for learning and taking in or assimilating new information? Typically, you'll find that it's going to say something to the effect of an alpha, uh, somewhere between alpha and theta brainwave frequencies are those frequencies for learning and assimilating new information. Well, if you look at what an alpha frequency is, it's a light trance, like being in a daze. That's what alpha is. It's like daydreaming. So alpha is the entry point to trance for hypnosis. And we just take alpha or that, that, that state of being in a light trance and we expand it to a greater trance. And we get directly connected with your subconscious mind where all change is possible. Okay. So if I'm just, you know, like, you know, sitting at work or whatnot and I start daydreaming or whatnot, that's that's similar to the trance that you're referring to. Yeah, that's that's the entry. That's the gateway. That's like the entry point. That's where I start with to get you to a workable state of hypnosis. But when I say black people like trance, what well, black people don't like watching movies? Well, all of us do pretty much. I mean, hey, you know, trance, you've been programmed through movies all day long. That's true. Yeah. So we like being trans. We're just scared of what we don't know or understand. And that makes sense. OK, well, when you put it in those terms, then, OK, I can I can I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. So, yeah, because, I mean, commercials is putting us in a trance, you yeah. know, television, movies and whatnot. They put us in a trance. I guess it's the. The knowing that you're somebody is, is kind of they feel like you're manipulating their mind. In a sense, and I think that's right. the fear behind it. Yeah, a lot of people think hypnosis is um, uh, mind control. So, 
<clears throat> so I have to, um, when I work with people, I let them know up front, listen, this isn't mind control. This is hypnotherapy. So this is a therapeutic way of using hypnosis. And I say that because I want people to know I'm not going to have you barking like a dog or hopping on one foot or doing that stupid. You know, we, we're here to do stuff that helps. So we're going to go through some therapeutic um, processes and procedures to help you change, you know, help you arrive at whatever goal or um, resolve whatever unhealed emotions or traumas that you need to get past. And that's literally the work that I do and why it's so important for me. Wow. Okay. So you can kind of help people um, piece together memories and whatnot. So let me just be frank. That's kind of the old way of dealing with trauma. Um, okay. And the reason I say that, right, I used to do that. Like I used to do a form of... Um, trauma work where I would um, take people back, continually take them back to previous memories and experiences and going back and back and back and back. And to some degree, that can be burdensome. It can be re-traumatizing and it can be mm -hmm. overwhelming for my clients. So I've learned it, uh, a way that is a lot more organic, safer and it, it protects confidentiality. So think about it like this, right? If you had something that you experienced that maybe was not something you like to talk about, maybe you're a little embarrassed about it or you just don't like talking about it, you're not going to want to share that information with someone like me who you may not know. And so I help unburden you with the, the need to tell me the details around it, because the way I used to do it is I would take you back to a time and space and I would get all the details. So I'd take you to a point where you um, the most recent time you could remember having had a particular feeling or experience. And then I ask you questions like, OK, first impressions inside or out day or night um, alone or with someone. Then I ask what's going on. And people have divulged information that in, in some senses they felt insecure about after they thought about the fact that they just told this person all that information. OK, and so I want to be respectful of your your confidentiality, your, you know, your anonymity in terms of not having to give me the details if you don't choose. And so I have a different way that still resolves it at the core without you having to tell the details. And so I say that specifically because I know a lot of people feel like, well, you got to go back and say exactly what it is and you got to call it out for what it is. Right. That's that's kind of what I've always been told, too. So, so it's like you can't just, you know, push it up under the rug. You got to talk about it and get it out there and open. So what I do is I come to you and I say, OK, let's just say potentially Miss um, Jack had a traumatic situation. All I'm going to do is ask you, how does that situation, when you think about it, how does that make you feel? What are the underlying feelings that you have for it? So then you don't have to tell me, well, you know, I was recently um, abducted and this person did this, this, that and that to me. But what you can tell me is, you know, when I think about this situation, it makes me feel um, it makes me feel helpless. It makes me feel like I don't matter or it makes me feel like um, 
people don't see me or whatever the emotions may be connected with that. And then when mm-hmm. we go into the session and I start to build a rapport with you and I talk directly to your subconscious, I'm going to ask it, can it resolve those feelings and release them at a core level? And when we go through the processing, your subconscious, I'll find a way to get your mind to agree. And the results are phenomenal. Mm. I mean, the results that I've helped people get, they, they almost read like something out of a fantasy book, you know. Wow. Wow. So how long have you been doing the hypnotherapy? I have been doing hypnotherapy for about 15, 17 years or so. So I've been doing it long enough that I remember a time when it was almost blasphemy to even say the word hypnosis. Yeah. Black people. Exactly. Listen, I've had people, when I say hypnosis, people, they close their eyes, turn away, like they don't want to make eye contact. Like, right. You you can look me in my eyes. I'm not friends. It's it's that misconception. It's like, oh, you do hypnotherapist. You're going to start trying to hypnotize me as soon as you walk up to me. Where's the little, you know, watch? Right. So I I have to tell people that the the stuff that I do, it's a consent state, meaning I have to get your consent to move forward. Consent is important because it helps me build rapport. So if Mm -hmm. I don't build enough rapport with you, I'm not going to be able to get you into a workable state of hypnosis. So your feedback, your trust, your, you know, your consent is of paramount importance for me to be able to help you. But once we get past those hurdles and, you know, whatever the challenges and the uh, different things that might be causing resistance, once we get past those, like you, you have a, it's kind of like a mind body shift once you're finished with the, um, the experience. Okay. So what kind of area do you actually like uh, specialize in? Are you specializing like in trauma cases? Yes, I am a certified trauma professional. Uh, like I said, I do regular, you know, psychotherapy or talk therapy and I'm a, a trauma professional, certified trauma professional. So um, I got my talk therapy practice and then I got my coaching practice. Um, I do use hypnotherapy and talk therapy sometimes, uh, but I do it mostly in my coaching practice. Mm-hmm. And so um, I've kind of, so I, I say trauma and I've started to kind of generalize the term trauma to kind of refer to any unresolved emotions or feelings that might be hampering us and keeping us from moving forward. There's a clinical definition to trauma, but I think the important thing is to help people release unhealed and unresolved emotions. And I just kind of refer to it as trauma in a general sense. And so that's why I do more of that in my coaching practice, because I think whether it fits the clinical definition of trauma or not, people are having these experiences and they're having these blocks and they can't move forward. So you talk about people wanting to live their best lives and like people, you know, I have people coming to me talk about what a law of attraction doesn't work. You know, I, I can't blah, blah, blah. And you know, I tell people we're like cell phones, right? In a sense. And I'm this is an analogy, of course. But, you know, every day or every night, we typically charge our cell phones and then wake up, you know, with our phones charged and we take them off the charger. Now, the thing is, is with cell phones, 
you got a whole bunch of apps that might be running in the background. And if you don't swipe up and get those apps out, they're going to drain your energy. And so you might not be able to do what you, you know, you might not be able to use your phone to its full capacity. Like, you know, it'll tell you if you're trying to download another app or something, you got to have enough power. And sometimes it even tell you, you got to redock it and connect it to a power source. Same thing with us. If you want to change, you want to do something new, or you want to be a bigger and better person, more so than you've ever done before, it's going to take energy and information. And so if you're not clearing out those apps running in the background, those unhealed traumas, then they're going to create barriers for you in terms of being your best self. So even though the law of attraction, you know, I, the law of attraction is a secondary law and it's not one of the main laws. One of the main laws is really the law of vibration mm-hmm. and attraction and all that other stuff kind of come into um, that orbit, so to speak. But that's a fact. We're all energy. Everything at its core is energy and energy. You know, one of the qualities of energy is that it has a frequency. And so everything is energy. Everything has frequency. So really you look more at what type of energy am I putting out? So if you've got and I, I think I tell people to look at it like this. Right. They say that the average person thinks 60,000 thoughts a day. Right. But only 10 percent of those thoughts are typically able to be new thoughts. So, I mean, you're thinking 54,000 the same old thoughts. Now, what if a lot of your thoughts are not serving you? They're negative. Mm-hmm. They tear you down. They're detracting thoughts. And you're sitting here and all of this stuff is going on in the background of your mind. If you're thinking that much negativity, that becomes part of your energetic signature. Or this is how if if you've ever had the experience or if you know people who say they can feel the energy in a room, some yeah. people are a little more connected to, you know, their their subtle energy and stuff like that. And so some people feel energy, but I tell people all the time, before you say a word to a person, your energy meets them. And so part of that energetic signature is what's going on in the background. Yeah. So that would be the when you refer to some people are more receptive to feeling that energy than others are referring to like empaths. Yes, um, absolutely. Empaths are they are burdened with having to deal with energies and stuff, you know, just kind of impacting them and they don't even have a choice in in being able to turn that off that's just a natural phenomenon for them and so they feel that type of stuff and some people might not be as empathic but some people you know they're intuitive and they know when they're feeling something that's off but my whole point is is that regardless of if you feel it or not typically what happens with people who have these traumas or unhealed emotions they'll have experiences that They'll say, you know, like um, all guys are dogs or Mm -hmm. um, I don't like this type of person or that type of person. And it's they'll notice that they attract more and more of that. And it's because of something that may have happened. That's a part of them that they haven't healed. And so this energy just continues to go out and kind of create a, 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 an attraction energy. Um, it collapses time, space, and energy and draws that in. That's interesting that you say that because I have been wondering for years, like what energy am I putting off? Because 
I obviously have piss poor taste in men. <laughs> so, I, I've got I've got two divorces under my belt. Like one was a mama's boy who treated me like crap. The other one was an alcoholic. And I'm just like, maybe I just need to be single. So, <laughs> and then I, you know, and then I even went so far because I was like, well, let me do some self reflection. You know, I'm like, you know, I've had a, a series of bad relationships. Let me do some self reflection. Let me reach out to my exes and say, hey. What was it that I did? What was my contribution to the breakup, basically? And what I found very, you know, interesting and not at at all helpful was that all of them told me that it wasn't me. It was them. Okay. So I'm like, um, all right. (laughs) So I don't know what to do with that. (laughs) Um. Well, I, I applaud you in, in the fact that, um, you know, you you have the presence or the self-awareness or, you know, just the, the state of mind to even be concerned with, is it possible that it's me? Right. Um, I'm the a, common denominator. That takes a tremendous amount of self-awareness and not just self-awareness, but um, it's almost like personal accountability. Like you're you're holding yourself accountable. And listen, I applaud that. Cause a lot of people run away from that. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, again, to my previous point, sometimes there are things that happen, you know, behind the scenes that we sometimes aren't aware of. And so I'm, I'm trying not to be too nerdy. Cause I, you know, there's mental hey, stuff. I I, I'm a career student. I, I love the nerds. Like I have three degrees under my belt. I would have kept on going with my student loans to slow your roll. Okay. So, I, hey, bring it on. So is is as a hypnotist, right? We 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 talk about three main areas of the mind: your conscious mind, your subconscious mind, and then the area that that's called the critical faculty or critical factor. Critical faculty, critical factor. Those are interchangeable terms, whichever you prefer. But the critical mind. So you got your subconscious, your conscious, and your critical mind. Now, what I typically tell people is that um, your conscious mind, have you ever heard the expression that um, the average person only uses maybe 5 to percent, 5 to 10% of yes, their have. brain? Mm-hmm. So that, that's really um, information and research that came from the field of hypnotherapy. So hypnotists learn that your conscious mind is responsible for five to 10% of your mental capacity. So your conscious mind is your short-term memory, but more importantly, it's your logical, analytical thinking, and it's your willpower. Those are the three main parts that your conscious mind is responsible for. Your subconscious mind is responsible for habits, emotions, beliefs, thoughts, ideas. Um, The other 90 to 95% of your mental capacity. And so as a hypnotist or hypnotherapist, what I do is I go to that space, that, that part of your mind, the subconscious, and that's where I do my work at, uh, because that's the space where change is possible. And so I make that discernment because when you think about it, right, January 31st of any year, 
everybody's getting ready to do what? They're going to make their New Year's resolutions. Right. And about January 15th <laughs> of any year, most people have fallen off from their resolutions. Exactly. The point I make there is that most people are using willpower. And willpower is a product of the conscious mind. Remember, 5 to 10% of your capability is the conscious mind. And so willpower is good. It gives you intermittent bursts of energy and possibility, but it's not enough to sustain. Remember, your subconscious mind is where your habits, behavioral patterns, all of the stuff under hood. It would be like the engine of the car. So all of the stuff that makes the car work is under the, you know, under the hood. So once you open the hood, that's the subconscious. And, you know, the key in the ignition is your conscious mind, you know. Right. I mean, the key in the ignition has got to, you know, work, but that's not what makes everything go. You understand what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's the importance of understanding how this work gets done. So the, the subconscious mind is that part that we don't have direct access to by way of just straight understanding. So it's a very subtle area of the mind. And so I bring that up because you may, again, referring back to the, the analogy of the phone, right? These things may be running in the background and you might not be aware of it. And so an easy way that I help people deal with it, like I said, is, okay, you say, okay, I've been having blocks with relationships and we kind of get to the root of it. Is it that you, you don't, you know, what, what we'll find out what the feeling is around these relationships and what you think may be going on. We'll take that feeling and we'll go into hypnotic session and we'll interface with your subconscious mind and we'll find out whatever the block is and ask your subconscious mind to release it and, and um, resolve it at a core level. And then when that's done, now you have more energy and now you're open to greater possibilities. Okay. And I tell people all the time, celebrities and wealthy people, they use hypnotherapy like people use uh, paper towels. Like this oh, is yeah. a big part of what makes them great or what gets them to the next phase or whatever it is that they're trying to do and get to. And so I like to tell, you know, average ordinary people, listen, this is a life hack that wealthy people and celebrities have been using for years. Right. You have access to it. Regular people can, you know, can get this work done. Um, and I'm not going to necessarily say I'm the cheapest per se hypnotherapist, but I'm one of the best. I'll definitely say that. Okay. Um, to that horn. Yeah. I'm going to pop my collar, you know, <laughs> not, no problems with that. Okay. But, you know, the truth is that I've got results that speak to it. And so I typically try to get now I've started getting testimonials from my clients because I don't want it to come from me. I want. Right. Other people. So, you know, it's easy for me to, to show my testimonials. You know, it might be a client I had where um, she dealt with. And this is a let's see. Let, let's talk about some of the recent clients. I had a client who um, dealt with the death of her father and she had been I think her father may have passed 15 or so years ago and she never really got past that because she was a daddy's girl 
Mm-hmm. Um, but at some point she felt like she was starting to, it was, it was getting tolerable, I guess. And then uh, maybe a year or so ago, she walks in and finds her best friend dead. And this is wow. a common thing. She found her father dead. She was the one who found him. So she's got the trauma of seeing and having that experience, not just losing him, right. but being the one to find him. And then when she feels like she's about to start turning the corner and, and that being tolerable, then she finds the same experience with her best friend. So she she had been having crying spells. Uh, she could never talk about her father without crying, without welling up, having this intense feeling of just being sad and morose. Wow. Helpless. Um, and, and the list of, you know, emotions go on. And so when we release that stuff, you know, her experience was, you know, not only did she say, wow, I'm able to talk about my father now. I'm not crying. She was like, it was like, I want to cry because that's what I'm used to, but I don't have the feeling of crying anymore. Mm-hmm. My body feels different. I feel like a weight is off of me, like something had been holding me down. And I didn't know it until now because, you know, she's doing this thing. Now I feel looser. So these are some of the things that these are common experiences of my clients. When they release those unhealed emotions and traumas, they're able to now be able to deal with life on a different in a different way now. So now instead of her having the block of, you know, always feeling like, you know, she misses her dad and she can never get over it. Now she can actually talk about it. And now this makes it easier for her. She wants to go into talk therapy. She can get the rest of the therapeutic measures put to her if need be to Mm -hmm. kind of talk through the rest. So what's next? You know, okay, now you've healed that and you're over that. And so that's no longer driving you all over the place. What's next for you? And so it opens you up to more possibilities. Yeah. Wow. That that's amazing. Mm -hmm. I want to thank you so much for coming on uh, and speaking with me tonight on Girl Talk with Miss Yak. I've got to have you come back on again. I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Please. It will be a pleasure.